1: I'm Laura Youngkin of The Brave Millennial.
0: This is Lars Helgeson, CEO of Green Rope and author of CRM for Dummies.
2: I'm Alison Bloom-Festock, the founder
1: and CEO of Know Your Crew.
0: This is Brad Van Dam, president and CEO of March
3: Confectionary.
1: And you're listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation theaters.
3: Hey, and welcome to episode 25. Yes, we're 25 episodes in. And this is part two of my interview with the CEO of RIP Media Group. Mari Regal this gentleman is fascinating he has a lot of great stories a lot of great insight but more importantly he has direct content for you as our listener so what I would suggest is that you take the time out really listen to this episode part two of my interview with him he's got some really interesting things to share as he deeps uh, deep dives further into his thought process uh, how he was able to get through some of the things that he did early in his career more importantly advice he has for you whether you're a millennial or whether you're an executive learning how to work with millennials and increase your talent engagement pool this is a fascinating article and a fascinating discussion find our show notes you can also just continue to listen right here i want you to listen to part two of my interview with the ceo of rip media group mari regal take a listen and you know and i think that it is it, it's amazing um and i don't know if i i would say um it's It's the quickest kind of growth that we probably ever had. I will say that technology has enabled um, the uh, the 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 sharing of ideas a lot faster. You know, before oh, before yeah. ninety nine and before the tech boom, you, you know, almost, you know, you, you were just probably a couple of years removed from getting on a horse and driving from, you know, riding from east to west. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with, even with right. snail mail, you know. So but now with technology sharing, I mean, I mean, you even think about it, even from a digital content perspective, you know, um, uh, uh, the message of a company can spread like literally overnight. I, and I'm not saying that figuratively, I've seen, you know, you read all these stories, a company one week was nobody. They do a piece of digital content and all of a sudden it's everywhere. And it's amazing. And then that person goes from, you know, in their small little office cube to all of a sudden they're on today's show and NBC and, you know, Fox and friends and everywhere else, right. In a matter of a week. Um, And so I think that's what's happened with digital technology. So um, from your perspective, what where do you where do you think there are gaps for executives? Because I want to I want to I want to speak to executives from your your perspective. Now, now that you've worked, I mean, you've worked with some very large companies, Cisco and some of these other larger clients. Where do you think companies may be be missing it as far as executive leadership is concerned about how to use storytelling? Because you, you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's a very, very important piece about what you do you don't just do digital content you tell stories with your company Mm -hmm. and so share with our executives who may be on the fence about how do you leverage digital content and why that's important in attracting a millennial what what kind of gaps are they are there out there that you think that you know what some they've really got to fix this thing in order to make sure that they're attracting the, the younger talent the younger customer base even to their company
0: yeah, I mean, you're, you're speaking right at the heart of why I think we've grown so fast, you know, in, in this area. Um, so I've got a lot to say on that. So if you're, you're an executive and you're not, let's you know, say, in touch with millennials, well, it's a big, there's a big disconnect. I think the gap is, let's look at that story I told at the beginning. Guy walks into a room. If you don't do this, you're fired. You know, that was really it. Get down to it. You are going to meet and achieve the goals we put in front of you or you're gone. And we reacted and we got in line and we did it. I can't imagine a millennial or the kind of the group of millennials, there's probably plenty of millennials that would do just the same thing. But most people would say, I don't like the purpose. I don't like the culture. I don't like what's going on. And you know what? Let me whip out my phone, swipe right a couple of times and see what other jobs are available out there. <laughs> or <laughs> right? <laughs> right, or maybe I'll just get a date. Uh, you know <laughs> so. They have instant access to you know to just about anything. Swipe right, get a pizza. Swipe left, get a date. You know, what I mean, so you have this you know this longer building um, of relationships of, of a career that we're used to as you maybe an older uh, gosh I'd say an older generation, but the non millennial generation, you know, and then you know hitting an instant satisfaction, instant gratification, um, you know, generation again, not their fault. You know, they didn't. They're they're not. You know all the you know all the uh, you know, kind of the stereotypes that are thrown at millennials. It's not their fault. They grew up with this handed to them phones, you know, apps, social media. You know, parents, you know, saying, you know, uh, oh, you know, you you came in last. That's okay. Here's a participation trophy. You know, or the school is doing that. It's a very different kind of um, upbringing than a lot of the rest of us have. So which what is true. They,
3: and, you know, yeah. one of the things that I think about that, Mari, which is kind of funny, um, I was telling this to somebody that I was talking to the other day. What we have to remember is that baby boomers created the technology that millennials are using today. So yeah. we have to kind of remember, you know, 99 Tech Boom was built by boomers and, and Gen Xers and you know the older folks so it's it wasn't that you know all millennials created all the new technology that's that's not true and so sometimes i think we we forget that you know in this in this surge of all the new you know i guess 2.0 of products now in 2017 right
0: mm-hmm. very very true absolutely i mean i was a part of it most you know most people were a part of it if you in the tech world i mean you know you know massive companies oracle ibm cisco i mean you know, they were, you know, we built the infrastructure to get information faster. And then this is the, these are the layers on top of it. So we made it available and so yeah, don't blame these kids. You know, don't say you're, you know, you want something with them. You know, like, because I work with almost all millennials, you know, I mean, our, our artists, our creatives, our, our animators, you know, they're, they're young. You know, they come out, they can really create something really neat and cool, but there's there's an interesting mentality that comes along with it, which is, you know, after six months, they, you know, they want my
2: job, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, right.
0: I've been here six, seven months. I'm thinking I should be CEO now. I'm thinking <laughs> I should be VP now. It took 10, 12 years to get there. I mean, I'm not even VP or CEO, but, um, you know, to get these higher levels. So that quick, you know, kind of gratif- gratification, or desire shows that something's missing. And I think this is a real tough thing for boomers and Gen X, you know, to kind of get a hold of. And there's a lot of I've been reading a lot of this. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm doing my best. But you've got to give purpose. All right. So you've got to lay out a purpose for these kids and you've got to reinforce it in ways they understand. So um, my feeling is, you know, your company will truly live or die. It'll exist and thrive or not exist at all in a few years based on the story you're telling, right? And I, and I truly mean that. You gotta tell the right story, you gotta tell it in the right way. So you have gotta have a bigger picture, a bigger purpose, because you're gonna get the right hires or the lesser hires. You know, the A players or the people that are Bs and Cs or maybe nobody at all. And you're gonna get the best customers because those millennials are now becoming buyers. They're moving up in the world. They're now VPs, they're, they're now directors associates of, you know marketing, technology, et cetera. They're decision makers now. So you better start speaking in their language. And that doesn't mean i got to get on Facebook every single night. It means you've got to have a consistent, clear, concise way of telling a really purpose-filled story. And If your company doesn't have one, get on it. Create a purpose. Do something good for the world and let the world know about that because people are watching now. And the way they're watching is literally—they're not reading about you; they're watching videos about you. So, what I would do—you um, know—since everybody in my field you know, feeling is everybody wants to be part of a great story. And uh, you know, one—you know—quick aside: like, have you ever been at a, you know, the convenience store and you you see that little TV and you know you're on camera, right? You know what I mean? Like you're you're just buying, you know, uh, some soda for the kids or whatever, and then. You know what? You might make a little funny face or you know, do this or that. We all want to be on in a story, you know, that as light as that, or we all want to be hired by a company that's doing something big, important, different. I mean, look at you, you've got your own company now, your, your podcast, and you wanted to stand out. Well, everybody does, and millennials do too. And millennials are shown hey, if you have more followers then you stand out. If you have more people, more friends, more likes, I mean, all this stuff that releases all this dopamine and and all these little chemicals saying, you're doing good, you're doing good. Well, they don't get that so much in the workforce, the Gen Xers and and boomers built, you know, pat on the back once a quarter, here's your prize. Well, I just paid you, didn't I? Isn't that your reward? You know, there's, sometimes I, you know, feel that way, but that's not the way it goes. You got to have a bigger purpose, think a bigger picture, and you've gotta communicate in a way that these folks will understand again. So obviously I think that's video, video stories, video storytelling, but it starts off with what's your story? Because if you have a more valuable story than anybody else, your prices can be higher, and you lay the groundwork for the rest of the industry. You know, Apple Apple doesn't come out with, right? I mean, so, you know, know, the, the groundbreakers, they're telling a better story. It's not about your product. about the story that you're telling people buy a story in emotion they don't buy the thingy the product
3: you you know and that's very true and you touched on something that i think is very interesting because um the idea behind a job that the 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 reward of the job is the paycheck right (laughs) so traditionally which I, i don't think that'll ever change but traditionally speaking a boomer, a Gen Xer, even our silent generation who are older, you know, the, the reward was picking up that check every two weeks. That was the reward. That was all that was needed. That was the dopamine. Right. When technology mm-hmm. introduced itself and you, you make a very valid point and it's something I hadn't really thought about. But when technology introduced itself, the speed of instant gratification, um, the speed of information, the ease at which you can get something done. For millennials, has probably changed the actual reward. The reward is no longer just the paycheck. Well, thanks, but and and I, I would almost say, from you, from from the way you put it, that's almost like the minimum. That doesn't mean my reward. That means you paid me for my for what I do, but that doesn't give me a reward. That and and I think that's one of this uh the 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 psychoanalyzing things about Facebook is that. Facebook has figured out how to tap into that reward sensor in our brains. Uh, Instagram, same way, you know, games, Mm -hmm. same way. And I think companies might have to figure out how do we then tap into that same sensor?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's difficult. This is not easy. (laughs) It's
2: (laughs) not easy. It's
0: a, you know, it's, it's fighting to survive, fighting to succeed. And then not just, you know, against competitors out there but even internally with your own culture. That's very, very difficult.
3: That's right. So so let me shift gears here. So when you talk about your company, when you talk about um, uh, the millennials that you hire and the fact that you hire storytellers to help create this digital content, what kind of ahas have you noticed with um the folks that you hire the folks that you talk to the the millennial base that actually gravitates to what you're doing what sort of things have you noticed are different in in that talent pool today that you probably wouldn't have noticed you know 10 or 15 years ago that's a really good question um you know i think it's something pretty subtle
0: um but but i bring it back to uh an acronym i learned you know long, long ago right many minutes ago which is with them you know with what basically it's what's in it for what's me in it for me yeah <laughs> right so i think that i think the way we used to sell our companies present our companies you know to hires right the, the people that are coming in how great we are the cool things we're working on that kind of thing you know and that would i think in the older days That would attract somebody, you know, a a Gen Xer, you know, that kind of thing, to come on board. I want to be a part of that. That sounds really great. Uh, You know, you're doing that. You have divisions like this. In five years, I could move from this division to that division. That sounds really great to me. Well, I think that that changed. I think we have to pitch ourselves, like, what's in it for you? Because you now, millennial, have the opportunity to do this and this. You'll be a part of the team that this and this and this. Huh? We, 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 I, 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 right? We used to talk, what's in it for me? I almost feel like it's gotta be, you know, WIFI or something, change the acronym <laughs> to, you know, what's in it for you? Because that's what they're looking for. And I think that well, a couple of the great things, I mean, this is really wonderful. I don't want to, you know, make this some sort of negative thing. I mean, the millennial, um, you know, it's millions of people that are out there, very talented, very smart, you know, certainly hardworking they just need some guidance that we didn't see before so we can correct all this again I think it's the the purpose but I think it's um, you know kind of refining the focus if you give a path that's attractive and again I'm gonna go back to story I know I beat on that but you know I think for you know look we would not have a thousand videos under our belt and probably half of them internal hiring videos and things like that if it didn't work which is um, you know they don't want just money. It's not just that paycheck. We both agree to that, right? It's, you yeah, know, We absolutely. both said, you know, after two weeks, you know, pick up that check, there's the dopamine, and, you know, I worked, there, 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 there was a great, there was a show called Mad Men on a few years ago. There's oh, this, yes. This great argument, right? <laughs> you know, so Don Draper's there, and, and Peggy comes in, she's really talented and, and young, and she's coming in, they're kind of arguing over this creative piece that she came up with, and she wants to pitch it, and she's like, well, what, what about this? What about this? And he's like, what are you talking about? It's in my hands now. Well, I want this, he goes, that's what the money is for. You know, like, that's why you get paid. <laughs> this is what it's all about. And she wants more, she wants more, she wants recognition. She wants to learn, she wants to grow, she wants more challenges, she wants a bigger job. That seemed to me explained millennials right now. Anybody younger, they, it's not just the money. The old guy says, that's what the money for is for. I think the millennials are saying that I'm here to learn, bud. I'm, you know, I'm company, my my company is me. I will move around every six months to five years. That's it. I'm not gonna be with one company for the rest of my life.
2: I need to learn,
0: I need to grow, I need to be interested, and I need to see that we're going somewhere. There's a purpose to what I'm doing. And that, I think if you can communicate that, you are going to succeed and get really good hires.
3: So when you think about even the millennials in your space, And in the company that you work in, and even even when you talk to other companies and you have to probably engage a lot of customer base who might be younger, because I'm sure a lot of the companies you're working with are are trying. They're hiring you to attract, you know, their customer base that might be younger or a certain segment of a population. What kind of um, I I would say, you know, misconceptions are out there that you realized you actually um, are are helping to deal with from a digital content perspective because i I can only imagine that a lot of times when companies come to to you and say hey we want to hire you here's what we think you know we need you to do we need you to do one two three and then when you start digging in details you probably go nope that's not actually what you need <laughs> yeah
2: oh well yeah
0: that's, yeah that's uh you know, that, that's the difference between, you know, when I was just, you know, pure creator or creating our own movie, our way, you know, that kind of thing versus, you know, having customers now, clients now. So absolutely go through that struggle. And I think what the difference is, and I think this speaks loudly to the millennial piece, to the future of, of media and storytelling, which is what's happened with the <laughs> the decision making bodies. You know, we'll put a great piece, like a great pitch together, you know, um, you you know, like we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, uh, in animation, we're gonna send somebody to the moon on the moon. They find there's a whole colony of blah, blah, blah. And that blah, blah, blah is maybe their product and they're flourishing and the world is, be- the, the other side of the moon is beautiful because they're using X, Y, you know. So I'm just making that up, obviously. And the company will absolutely love it. And then they'll start running it up the ladder. And when it goes up the ladder, it gets watered down, watered down. And what we get back, is a, is a spec sheet, is a product sheet.
2: Wow! And we know
0: the millennials don't want a bunch of bullet points. And we know the millennials aren't gonna buy in on fact sheets and white papers, you know? They're gonna buy in on emotion, And not just millennials, we all do. I mean, we, we all buy in on story. I mean, if anybody listening to this has ever laughed in a movie theater, have you? you know, have you ever cried in, in a movie theater? Of course,
2: exactly. because there's
0: story attached with sight, it's sound, there's a story attached. But really what's going on is there's a bunch of light flicking on a piece of thick paper. You know, that's what's really technically <laughs> happening. <laughs> right. so, we, so we bought into this, right? So we completely buy in. So we don't want the light flicking on a piece of paper. And that's sort of what's coming back, you know, from the, from the higher ups. We want, and the kids, you know, the millennials want a story to be told. They want to be moved. They want to be disrupted. They want to have, you know, impact. They want to see an impact. So that's really the biggest thing that I see. You know, again, there is a place for those bullet points and getting some facts across. Of course, everything can't just be pure, you know, just story and emotion. You know, it's all going to have a goal and a purpose. But I think that's been the biggest barrier, which is, we know what, uh, you know, these certain age groups or certain audiences want. We've seen it. We, we can watch something like the Dollar Shave Club, you know, um, you know Michael Dubin. Do you know that, that video or that company, Dollar Shave Club? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he,
0: he's here as well. He's just, you know, a few miles away. I've seen him at these events and so forth. And what did he do? He said, I'm talking right to an audience that I'm going to make complete fun of a completely boring industry that's been around 150 years, and I'm going to talk in a different way to a different, you know, kind of a different audience and say instead of having you buy these expensive things so that you can support these big, you know, sports stars, I'm going to do something completely different, and that is I'm going to sell them for cheap, I'm going to make fun of them. You're not going to be supporting roger federer or whoever he said right, right. you're going to buy him for two bucks <laughs> a month and i'm going to keep them sending to you so two bucks a month over five years is pretty great right for selling razors you know unilever bought him for a billion dollars right that was like a four-year run if i remember right that's one, right but you know yeah so it makes a big difference and he didn't get in there to well, our single blade has a sharpness and a thickness of this and that. It you know, removes 14 hairs per cubic centimeter. you didn't do that. <laughs> right. So I think there's a lot of examples out there um, for why, you know, why it really matters to, to communicate in an authentic way. Absolutely. And, uh, and not just keep selling. Yourself.
3: So so let's shift gears here. Take me inside of working in your company and having millennials And you, I'm sure, have a few that you say, you know what? This girl can definitely be a part of our leadership team one day. We need to groom her the right way. You know, this guy is. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely somebody that we should be looking at. What advice would you give to millennials looking to get into a place of, you know, they, 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 you know, they're twenty-five to thirty-five. They're, you know, they're trying to move up. What kind of advice would you give a millennial looking to get into the C suites of companies in today's world? What's important? That's great. That's great. Um, well, I can
0: speak from my personal experience. You know, from my company, so we're, you know, we're kind of part creative agency, part, you know, production studio. Um, so you know, movies, commercials, that kind of thing, but really the commercials and uh, videos and so on. For me, the um, the biggest point would be do the things that your manager, your leader, you know, your vice president, the director, whatever that next person up, maybe the level above them, what they're weak at. If you're strong in that area, well, you're going to move up because you're going to become valuable to them. And candidly, you'll probably be even more valuable. You know, build your team. So I'd say start off with. Build your team, you know, know who likes you, who you like, make sure it's a cultural fit, because if you want to keep moving up, you want to make sure you're moving up in the right kind of place that's a fit for you. You know, what's in it for you, what's in it for me too. So, I always kind of looked at what's my, this step beyond my next step. You know, when I was back in sort of bigger corporate America before I became a company. You know, I could do my manager's job, you know, maybe in uh, six months if I do this and this. But the job beyond that is what I really want. So what do I do to get to that level? And now looking at it the other way, the people that have become very valuable to me, and just about, and i say flat out, everybody that I have right now has grown from some of our most basic jobs. You know, what started off as my, um, you know, you know uh, kind of sales help is now my basically vice president of operations. You know, he was much more capable, but he wanted to get into this industry. You know, it's a, you know we have a little kind of a sexy industry here. I mean, it's very fun. You know, we're not doing accounting. You know, we're creating stories. It's very fun. So he came in. Where can I help? I said, you know what? I could use some help in sales. See so he started there, but I could see there was a, you know, real talent. You know, he was very, so things that I'm not as strong at. He's very organized. He takes a lot of notes. He gets back to people. He follows up, like all these things that are really great traits. So I said, you know what? That's effective. What else can he do? He can really work with people very well. People really like him. That's a as a person. They like him as a professional. They'll work for him. They'll work with him. They'll communicate with him. Well, that's a fantastic trait. Um, you know, again, the organization piece that I talked about, I'm a little bit, I'm a little more scattered, you know, I can tell that in this conversation, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so he's a little more, a little more organized, you know, a little more methodical. Well, that's great. And I think also in the millennial, you know, world, if you think about it, they're not known for being, you know, organized deep thinkers because it's, I got my phone out on the table, it's going to beep or blink or this and the other person across the table, you know, you might say they might say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get that. I'm, I'm going to ignore that.
2: Good, good for you.
0: That's exactly what you're supposed to do. We're in a meeting here. So put the phone away. Do all those, you know, kind of the, the, the traits that we see, you know, social media, clicking out on the phone. You look distracted. You're doing something else. If you can sit in a meeting, you can take notes old school or take notes on your laptop, wherever, but you're completely engaged and you can focus for long periods of time. You're presentable. Um, you're organized, you know, you're not jumping at every beep or blink that happens on your phone, my goodness, you know, put all that away, I do think you'll move up because you've had incredible training, probably had a great education, um, you know, you're you're sitting here listening to this podcast, so you want to move up in the world, so you will. And I really believe in that. You know, what you believe in, what you focus on, what you aim for, you will get there.
3: Absolutely. So... When it comes to um, going back to our our, our our executive side for a second here, eventually, most of our companies here in the nation and around the world will be in the next ten or fifteen years being run by millennials. There's a certain culture, there is a certain way, there's a certain um, intangible asset of companies today that some of your baby boomer CEOs and some of those who've been at the helm for quite a while of our, you know, small to medium to large, even our largest size companies, they want to keep. But what do you think a millennial CEO is going to add? That's going to be an asset to companies in in our near future.
0: That's, that's a really great question. I think there's a lot, you know, by growing up with, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go with an answer that's as blanket as we don't know what we don't know. Because we, as, the, you know, as this generation, older generation, we didn't grow up with everything touchscreen, everything instant. You know, Those things that you know, we sort of view as a negative or distractions or this or that, they're not. They don't have to be. That is going to be the way of the, you know, the first world, I'll say, and hopefully you know, the rest of the world. You know, there's amazing things that are coming out. I and mean, we have seen revolutions in countries, you know, based on information getting out, you know, via Twitter, right? Um, so there's, you know, it's extremely powerful But who, you know, who's 70 years old, 60, 50 years old, figured, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
2: All we'll right. see that. All right. You know,
0: so, so let that build, you know, keep thinking, keep growing, keep inventing, you know,
2: keep innovating.
0: Um, but again, do it. But get that project plan together. You know the, the the things that you have are just knowledge that are that's secondhand to you. I mean, it's it's the back of your hand. You have you know access to all these different ways to search and to communicate and you know real time communication. A lot of folks older aren't used to because we're still learning it. We didn't come up with it. So I think all that can become a very big big asset. Um, so I, I hope that answers, you know, again, I don't have a stock answer for that by any means, but that's one of the things that I would hope to see, you know, things I don't know, things I don't learn about, things I'm not coming across. I'm not on every social network out there by any means, but there's a lot of opportunities out there. So if you have the leadership ability, people to follow you, you know, you're know, organized, and you're an innovator, then people will get behind you. You just now have to have the right piece of either technology or service, or idea that you that's of value that people will pay for, and I think you'll keep moving up.
3: Absolutely, and and and, and I'm I'm curious now that you mentioned that, you know what what do you think uh, baby boomers even should be leveraging right now when it comes to millennial engagement? I mean, even from whether it's an internal, you know, base or even just an external customer base. What, what things about the millennials should baby boomers right now, in your opinion, be leveraging? Well, some of them are obvious. I mean, you know, the um, if you just take a look at the
0: remember we talked about, you know, 10 years ago versus today. Um, you know, some of the areas that you can grow in or, or that you should be looking at, you know, you have to be looking at, you know, the newest waves of social media. You know, candidly, I think, again, I think Facebook's amazing. They're an amazing company. They're going to keep on growing and acquiring companies and so forth. But marketing to millennials on the younger set, let's say even, you know, kind of the Gen uh, Gen, Z, Gen Z and kind of thing, the younger set of millennials, Facebook's for mom and dad and grandma. Right. So it's not Facebook. <laughs> All right. All right. So you're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to talk to those millennials on Facebook. We're going to sell them there. I don't think so. That, that, that ship has sailed. So you better look at other platforms. And there's a lot of other platforms out there. Um, again, you got to communicate in a way that they want to be communicated to, which is typically, you know, faster, shorter, but meaningful, meaningful content. Don't just keep pitching, pitching, pitching. Build a longer story. And I'm serious about that. Build a longer story. Build a longer journey for people to be able to follow through uh and in, in, in follow you with so they are building a relationship with customers so um you know yes quote social media unquote but it means a lot of different things so depending on the size of your company if these are smaller companies listening in you know you can't do everything at once you know, you've got a 20-person company you're not all of a sudden gonna be on you know facebook instagram you know twitter you know and do it effectively pick one in excel you know obviously one of the best ways to go would be to start putting videos out there. If you you know, there are inexpensive and expensive ways to go depending on what your brand looks like. If you're a higher end brand, you're a quality brand, you sell a quality product and you sell on quality, then you've got to look quality. Your video, your social media posts, your design has to look quality because it has to match the rest of your brand. If you're selling the, you know, a ten dollar, you know, item and it's just, you know, you, you move millions of them or thousands of them, whatever it might be, you know, then you can go a little bit more, you know, from grassroots, you know, with your with your marketing, that kind of thing, um, but, you know, match what's out there, and match your brand as well. If your brand story is strong, you just have to make it star- stronger and stand by it, because in authenticity, something that doesn't match, you'll be turned off, you'll be clicked away from, and you are probably
3: lost those folks forever. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You, you're absolutely right, and I think that um, the attention span can either be your greatest asset or your, you know, the greatest demise of your company because it's so short right now. And so, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that idea of telling a longer story, um, not just this kind of short got, pop in and out.
0: Yeah, I got an acronym I've been been using for the past year or so that I think might help out. So I call it Core. So Core is create once, repurpose everywhere wow so a lot of folks and what we're doing oh good why'd you like that so core so what we're doing is you know we're we're at the higher end of the scale right I mean, we do videos and, and uh you know i mean you know good size animation and you know it's certainly affordable to businesses obviously but um you know it's not like it, you know the, the thirty dollar thing you can do with a little self-recording you know kind of a thing so we're producing these but we created it But we also have a lot of scraps, a lot of art, a lot of things that we didn't use for that final video. So we can put together, let's say it's a 60-second landing page video. Well, we're also repurposing that into a 30-second YouTube pre-roll. We're repurposing that into a 15-second, you know, um, tag. We're using that as an animated GIF that they can run on social networks. Or they can send out at the bottom of their email because it's really light and easy to send. We're then taking the scenes and then creating memes, and we're creating um, uh, you know little little short you know like looping videos, like you know a five second loop that can go out there, really eye catching, great for social media. But it's all based on that core principle. You know we created the video. That's probably the the bigger piece. A lot of companies are doing it say once a, once a month or once a quarter but then repurpose all that great art, design, animation, or live production into all these different pieces, and it lasts for 90 days, six months, even longer. So you know, don't just have one thing. Hey, look at our video. Now you have everything that reinforces that core, that, that first message, that video message.
3: That's that's great, and so you said create once, uh, you know, repurpose everything? Repurpose, yeah. I love yeah. it. Love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, as we wrap up here, this has been an exciting conversation. I I want you to kind of tell maybe our audience, why rip media? Why, why, why the storytelling aspect? Why are you so focused on the storytellers being a part of your company? Uh, and you, you're, you know, you're part of the screen actors guild. So, so tell me why you felt that, that uh, unique, Uh, aspect is so important and why is that important for companies who might be looking at how do we tell our story in a digital way? It's a great question. Thank you for asking. So I think the biggest
0: difference with us versus anybody else out there is we truly love what we do. And I think that comes from me where honestly I still get a kick out of I'm sitting in Hollywood and I'm making, you know, I'm creating video and visual content. This is a dream. You know, I'm doing exactly what I've always wanted to do. This is just fantastic. And the people that I hire, I want them with that same attitude. So that's, you know, sort of what we offer. We talked about that a little bit before. But what we offer is the ability to learn, learn new ways to tell stories. You know, but they all come in as great storytellers. One might be a great artist. One might be a great animator. One might be a great, um, you know, director, you know, live production. But we're going to have them build and, grow, you know, have a lot of work to do and grow and grow and grow. So how are we different? We really care about story and how we find that is it matters with with two pieces really matter the most. One is who are you and what makes you special? And we love crafting that and learning and asking questions and finding out what makes somebody or a company or a product different and unique. And I have an acronym I call this stuff, right? What's, what is sexy, touching, unique, or is fun, or elicits fear in your audience about what you do. Because those are the five emotions that people really care about. Wow. If you look at any movie, if you look at any you know, commercial out there, if it's good, you're going to see one of those five. Right? You're going to see that this is
2: completely different,
0: or it's funny, or it's, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little scared here well, you know, I better get some insurance. I want to make sure my kids are okay, right? right? So they're they're tapping into one of those five main emotions. And so we use that for every story we create, for every every customer, large and small. You know, we from startups to, up to those big, uh, you know, Fortune 500s that we have too. So we love this. It's just, a, it's, a, it's great. We have our, you know, our process that's really locked in. We have our discovery process that we love going back and forth with customers. And we really feel like, you know, um, you know the pitch is sometimes the most fun. We're throwing just ideas out there. After we've learned about a customer, we come back and we present ideas, you know, and storyboards and maybe some art to, uh, to a, a customer, a prospective customer, and we're thinking we could go this route. Let's make it sexy or let's, let's use that fear or security that people really want to have and safety they really want to have. So we'll put these different ideas, and then our process is just locked in. I mean, after a thousand, you know, projects and working on some major, you know, Hollywood films with, you know, Oceans 13, I think was $80 million budget. And, you know, so I saw the process and over the years, I just boiled it all down to, you know, making a huge Hollywood production, but on a
2: fraction,
0: you know, like a one, one hundredth of the budget, <laughs> you know, not even a hundred, you know, one, one thousandth, thousandth of the budget. Um, so it's really easy for customers to work with us. You know, they can they can watch our projects in progress. They can launch, just basically just click on a link, you know, put notes out there. Everything's done in the cloud, so I've made it extremely modern. And then one of the cool things is I've got, you know, I've got everybody all around Los Angeles, but I don't force them into the office anymore. So uh, they actually, they can work from home. They can work from one of our creative areas, or they can work, you know, certainly in the office, but wherever they want to be. And, uh, you know, a lot of times animators and editors aren't, Wildly social people. They're in front of the computer creating. They're in their right. world creating
3: Absolutely. for customers. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, Mari, this has been awesome. And one of the things that I think that um, uh, I take from this conversation today that I hope my audience does is to know that uh, every industry may be different um, for sure. But when it comes to uh, your personal life. And this is just something just listening to you today that I kind of I kind of take away from this conversation is that uh, not only are you helping uh, customers tell a better story, uh, you know, with or as far as clients are concerned, tell a better story to their customer. But I think it's important that we all learn to tell a better story of ourselves. I think it's important that we learn to figure out what's unique about us, what what drives us from a fear standpoint, what's fun about us, and figuring out how do we show that and share value, whether you're in your career, whether it's every day in your family, whether it's every day in your work, no matter what it is. I, I think that that is something that's really, really important, and I've always enjoyed, which is part of the reason why I definitely wanted to have you on the show, because I, I enjoy uh, the art of storytelling. Um, the end product typically is kind of the The last thing I think it's I think it's all about to me is what it took to get to that last piece of product. Right. That 15 second commercial or that 45 second commercial. Um, I think there's a lot of discovery in that. And so I would definitely say for all of our audience, uh, you know, generation aside, I think it's very important that we learn to figure out what our story is, being able to tell that story uh, in, in a better way to ourselves. I think even and I think it's therapeutic to spend some time going through your own internal process on, you know, finding out those pieces so that you get more comfortable who you are building a better understanding. And then you can be more valuable at work. You can be more valuable to your family uh, and, and, and you explore the world uh, with a better lens. I just appreciate you being able to come on, share with our audience today and, and talk about an area that not many people would think about Um that has you know uh, such a large influence and an impact on millennials so thank you so much you're welcome thank you for having me well as you know all good things come to an end and i have to tell you thank you to mari thank you to you as our audience for listening to another Fabulous week. Another great episode right here on High Level Wisdom for new generation leaders. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you would share this information, share this show, share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe to us. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you may be listening. That's where you're going to find us. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at High Level Wisdom or simply go to our website www. Dot highlevelwisdom.com I'm looking forward to your feedback and I want to know what you think about this episode or any of our previous episodes as well go back and listen to all 24 prior to this thank you guys so much for listening and I look forward to catching you in the next episode Now, we all know that location, location, location is important in real estate, right? Well, this piece of real estate that you're listening to right now is also important because it should be your product or service right here. We have all the CEOs that we talk to every single week, decision makers, along with a very large and active audience. If you want to know how to get your product or service right here, feel free to send us an email at info at highlevelwisdom.com or go to our website highlevelwisdom.com forward slash advertising.